From WDBM, East Lansing. You are listening to The The Undercurrent. Our weekly news and storytelling program. Made by and for the students of Michigan State University. You are listening to The The Undercurrent. From WDBM East Lansing, welcome to The Undercurrent. I'm your host, Cole Tunningly. This is Season 10, Episode 5. Because we're nearing the end of October, all the stories on this week's show will be sort of Halloween-themed. I'm excited. Halloween's coming up this Wednesday. I'm going to be a a bumblebee this year. I know that's sort of a cute costume, not necessarily scary per se, but I don't want to be intimidating. I'd rather be a little bumblebee. Folks, I'm living my best life. I'm living my dreams, and I hope you are too this Halloween season. I hope you enjoy the stories that we have for you on this show. Coming up first, we have a series of MSU students answering questions about the afterlife. This one might make you think and horrify you in a sort of existential way. Here it is. What do you think happens, or hope, happens after we die? Afterlife. Reincarnation. Reincarnation. Peaceful. Just like Toronto. Heaven or hell. Scare people. Because why not? I hope that there is another something after life. Yeah. I hope it doesn't just end. I mean, I'd like to think that we are, like, reincarnated. Whether that be, like, objects or other people. Or, like, live new lives. But... But we probably everything just probably just goes dark. <laughs> I don't I, I don't I don't know if there's like an afterlife unless if it's like reincarnated. I don't wanna think that, but I think everything is just like still. I guess I hope that it's peaceful and that we just I don't know, either reincarnation or I don't know, heaven. <laughs> There's uh, something afterwards. I don't know if you watched that show, The Good Place. <laughs> like some kind of good place, but I mean, who really knows? You know, I feel like it's at least uh, like a hopeful thing because I feel like you know, if you're right, then it's good. If not, well, I mean, you don't really know. So I think I'd hope we come back in some form, like maybe in like a hidden way, like in a certain object or like animal. I don't know if that sounds weird, but. I definitely believe in a heaven or a hell, but I'm just not sure if it's that blunt, so I'm not sure. I hope we go to like a higher power or God afterwards. And what do you think that would look like? Uh, Toronto. Clean. Just like Toronto. That's what I think it would look like. Uh, less stressful <laughs> and just, uh, yes, you know, peaceful kind of thing. Maybe just like good memories of your own life or past experiences. And if it's reincarnation, what would you maybe want to come back as? Another person. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Probably another person. 
live like another life. I like because in my second life I'd like to be like a biologist and I didn't go that route in school so maybe that's kind of because like I regret not going into biology but that's what I would want to be reincarnated as a marine biologist. <laughs> I don't know maybe if your favorite animal was like a dog or something then you'd be like in a dog form in your next life or whatever. I would probably be a cat because <laughs> I really like cats and I think I'm a lot like them. I hope that we come back and like scare people because why not? Like as a ghost? Yeah. That is the first time someone said that. Why would you? Why do you want to come back as a ghost? Really? Um, why not? Just to, if people turned you wrong, like, you can mess with them. That's great. Would you, <laughs> would you come right back here, like to, like, like where you are from, or would you go somewhere else? Um, I would start where I came from. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Great. That's so, a great answer. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Cole Tunningly. Or should I say, skull tunningly? Does that work? Is that good? Skull, skull, coal, skull. Anyway, um, coming up now on the show is a story from reporter Alex Giuliano. He interviewed two members of the Michigan Paranormal Research Team, a mother and daughter who do this work together. It's a beautiful story that's actually about much more than the paranormal. Here it is. Well, we were on the second floor. We had a couple of guests with us that weren't investigators. And I saw a big ball of light on the ceiling, and I thought maybe somebody had their flashlight on and didn't realize it, and it was upside down or something. So I asked. Nobody did. And this ball of light started moving around the room. Shelly Hawkins, founder of the Michigan Paranormal Research Team, is describing the events that took place from an investigation at Crossroads a bar and grill in Leslie, Michigan. We've actually been there a few times. And probably the, the strangest thing we've ever seen came from that place. <laughs> the restaurant is on the main floor. However, the building is comprised of three stories, two of which are empty. And it would go real fast, zigzagging across the ceiling, then it would stop, and then it would go down the wall, and then it would stop. Shelly and her team are investigating the top two floors, known for its heavy paranormal activity. Eventually, it came down into the middle of the room. Um, it was probably the size of like a bowling ball, and then it just stopped right in the middle of the room and then shot right at us. It is one of the most active places that we've been. The Michigan Paranormal Research Team began back in 2013 and uses a simpler approach to discovering the presence of spirits in order to provide clients with more accurate evidence. Like a REM pod, it will buzz and lights light up if something comes close to it. To us, that's not proof of anything. Um, we also use some real simple things, like bells hanging on a string. I like the simple things. Um, personally, I like the bells because, for instance, the spirit box is radio. It could be radio interference, anything else coming over the radio. Now, when you see bells that are hanging just move and jingle um, out of nowhere, that to me is more solid proof. That's Stacy Putnam, research team member and daughter of Shelley. When there's a voice that just comes out of nowhere that is not any of us, there's not really any other explanation for that. 
The team betters their customers' understanding of the paranormal by using their own experiences, some of which begin at a young age. Oh, geez. Mine was when I was a kid. Um, my dad's house was haunted. My mom's house was haunted. There was several experiences where um, I would see things, um, apparitions even. Um, I've seen things move in front of my eyes. Um, you know, blinds shoot up by themselves in my dad's house and my mom's house. I would constantly hear stuff, wake up in the middle of the night to shaking of the bed and things like that. The goal of the Michigan Paranormal Research Team is to provide a middle ground for the physical and paranormal realms to coexist. I think the, the main thing is, is just teaching the, the client how to deal with what is there. I, sometimes it does calm the, the spirits down because sometimes they just want to be heard and acknowledged and that will calm them down sometimes. But I, I don't believe that you can make anything, I don't believe we can make them do anything. So I, I don't believe that we can kick them out of anybody's house or anything like that. And by trying to do that may just make it worse. They also aim to educate the public about taking the proper steps on how to deal with the paranormal. But I would try not to uh, provoke it in any way. Don't, don't demand it to leave or anything like that because a lot of times it's just somebody who maybe lived there or something and they think you're in their house. So. It, you know, you try kicking them out, they may not be too happy about that. It's usually nothing to be afraid of. They can usually live with it. Um, and we just try to help them do that. Usually we find, too, that they will recognize the voices um, of a past family member or something like that. So to them, it's um, definite proof at that point. Aside from researching the paranormal, Shelley and Stacy use their interest in the supernatural to honor the memory of a loved one. He was just really sweet. He was actually born with cerebral palsy, so he was always nonverbal, um, which also made the disease difficult because he couldn't tell us um, what, you know, what was hurting, what things were going wrong, which is another reason why it took so long to figure it out. She's talking about her 12-year-old son, Ashton, who was diagnosed with CIDP in 2014. Uh, CIDP, which is chronic inflammatory demyelinating polyneuropathy. And basically what that does is it, uh, the disease attacks the myelin sheath around the nerves in the body, um, which leaves the nerves bare. So there's a lot of pain, even with, you know, the slightest touch or whatever. Um, and it also attacks the immune system. So it's like the immune system attacks itself, kind of. And like, Organs and things in his body began to shut down until he passed a respiratory failure. Ashton's Angels is a nonprofit organization that aims to help families with the financial burdens and added expenses of having a child who is hospitalized. So, <clears throat> as he um, he stopped walking because it when you when it first starts it paralyzes you from the feet. Uh, it like moves up your body very slowly. So first it was the feet, he couldn't use his feet, then kind of up to the knee, then up to the hip, then the bowels started going. Then as it went up, then it was the lungs. He was on a ventilator for a really long time. Um, he was having heart issues, and then it finally spread to the brain. Ashton passed away in July of 2016. I always liked how, he, how excited he would get about certain things, certain noises, um, 
like a potato chip bag crinkling or something simple Even like a that. Grocery sack. Yeah, <laughs> he would laugh. But hysterically. he would he would laugh and rock and and you know just have a great time with something like that. He was never upset, always smiling. The mother-daughter team spends their spare time creating custom paranormal ornaments such as rosaries, witches' balls, Ouija boards, and dream catchers. All of the proceeds go to raising awareness for their cause. I'm just hoping to help uh, families. Like the situation I was in, there wasn't a lot of help really out there available, and I would just kind of like to add to something that people can turn to when they're really struggling. As our time concluded, they presented me with a beautiful blue wristband. On each side, a golden pair of glowing angelic wings, and of course, a proper halo to match. And in the middle, read two words that spoke a message worth a thousand. Ashton's angels. His eyes. I love his eyes. We, that's how we talked. Because he was nonverbal, so we just talked through our eyes. That's all I can explain. <laughs> For Impact Student Radio, I'm Alex Uliano. You're listening to The Undercurrent, and I'm your host, Cole Tunningly. That's it for this week's show. I hope you have a great Halloween. I hope you stay safe. I know Halloween is a big party time for us MSU students, but let's remember the true meaning of the day, getting candy, dressing up as a monster or something. That's what Halloween's all about. I'd like to give a special thank you to our general manager, Jeremy Whiting, our station manager, Olivia Mitchell, and our programming director, Simon Ferenzi. I'd also like to thank Nick Saba, Alex Giuliano, and the Michigan Paranormal Research Team. You've been listening to The Undercurrent. I'm Cole Tunningly. I'll be here same time, same place next week. Goodbye. Goodbye.